Yes, I had a couple drinks while I was editing. Sue me. Literally my first ever editing uh, performance. So please bear with us. All right, there's some choppy parts in here. It'll get better throughout the season. All right, so save those remarks for the birds. All right, enjoy. Thanks. Hello, welcome in to the Pick Nation podcast. Uh, name still pending, actually. Don't know what we're going to call this. Uh, this is Xander, and I'm here with... Alex Mayer. Mayer, good to see you, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm excited for football. We're only two days away from uh, college football kicking off, and actually two weeks from today with the NFL kicking off, so I'm pumped. Yeah, yep. it is uh, that time of year. Uh, cinnamon whiskey in the air. Just fall weather, leaves falling. There's no better time of the year. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. How was your week, bud? What'd you do? Uh, it's good, man. I've been gambling on baseball um, and uh, working, obviously, and that's uh, that's about it. Doing a little research into week zero. And um, yeah, how about yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I uh, I watched that Swamp Kings documentary. Have you seen that? Haven't seen it. I've heard a, heard a lot about it. It stinks. It's so bad. Yeah, I saw Cam Newton posted a posted a video uh, today about it. You know, yeah. he, he had some thoughts, wishing some more players were voiced in that, like Joe Hayden and the Pouncey Twins and things like that. He said he said not enough people had had a voice in the in the documentary. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Urban Meyer can do no wrong in these eyes, um, bringing Ohio State a national championship. Yep. But I will say that it was a big time dick sucking piece of his own. Yeah. It was crazy. I was just, it was four four parts. I just kept expecting it to like, oh, when's the crime gonna drop? Right. When's the crime happening? Yeah. And it was like, nope, we're just going in each season. Tebow was there, and <laughs> pretty much, that's about it. Yeah. Four hours of just. Well, what about, like, Gone Forever Aaron Hernandez? 100%. Is <laughs> on yeah. that team uh-huh. catching footballs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not even a mention of Aaron besides a fight that Tebow wished he would have pulled him out of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that and uh, the Johnny Manziel documentary I heard, they were just kind of average. Man, that one stunk, too, and it was super weird. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was like, uh, his best friend was a part of the whole documentary, and then at the end he's just like, yeah, we haven't talked in, like, three years. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> And they're interviewing the best friend the entire time, too. Okay. It was just like, uh, yeah, we haven't talked since X date. All right. And uh, you're like, oh, okay. Wow, that just got super weird. Because uh-huh. dude was just riding the coattails and taking the fall for Johnny. And like, ah, yeah, he doesn't even reach out anymore. Yeah, it would have been cool to dive into that. You know, these documentaries, even 30 for 30s were a little bit more risque than these. Yeah. 30 for 30s were the shit back in the day. Yeah. Good good catching up with you. Anyone that's going to watch Swamp Kings, I mean, you should watch it. I mean, it's like nostalgic college football, but at the end of the day, it's like, ugh, what the hell was all this prep for? The yeah. trailer was like just nostalgia porn, and then, oh, four hours somehow just completely covered in that trailer. Um, but anyway, this is what uh, we're hoping to cover. I mean, just very... Lacks. I mean, we're not bookmakers by any means. I don't think anyone tuning in listening to this uh, thinks that we're some genius handicappers. Uh, we do know the game of football quite a bit. And uh, so every week we're just hoping to bring any sort of insight uh, to uh, win money and beat the book, to be honest. I mean, we are going to set a season-long standard that we'll be tracking every week, updating 
And uh, with that being said, I mean, the worst part about any short pick'em show is there's no accountability. And, um, you know, we obviously have to keep the uh, weighted average the same, picking the same amount of games. But, I mean, we got to have some skin in the game if both of us are going to be doing picks every week. You got any ideas for a uh, punishment or anything like that? Okay. Season-long punishment? Uh, yeah, I mean, a tattoo would be fucking awful. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, since you're asking. Man. What kind of tattoo? Well, you know, I, I, I got I got nothing for you there, man. You know, <laughs> a big a big L for, for season loser came to mind, but I have no clue. The losing record, just yeah. on your ass or something? It would suck, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, a, nope. se- a season long punishment for having for having the worst record, being one out of two people <laughs> tracking bets. <laughs> the number of units lost. Just tatted on your ass? Yeah. Okay. I was uh, just thinking the loser has to get, like, the winner's initials, like, haircut in their back of their head. Yeah, that, sounds, that, that, that sounds better to me. <laughs> something that would go away, but... Yeah. I mean, a tattoo is... <laughs> I love it. I love the creativity. I just wasn't expecting it. To yeah, I, I don't know I don't know about punishment ideas. If we both hypothetically finish positive on the season, we'll see. We'll, yeah. We'll see. Well, if any of the probably three listeners have any ideas for what the loser, I guess, quote-unquote, at the end of the season should do, uh, we'd love to hear that. Uh, Basically, we hope to cover main event games of each week, week zero, just prepping for the entire season. Obviously, we're going to cover a lot of win totals today. And uh, for the weeks going forward, cover the big games and then our favorite bets uh, just along with uh, what the hell else is happening. You know, if some other shitty documentary comes out on Netflix with football, definitely going to talk about that too. Going to be a lot of Group of Five coverage, obviously, if you know us. Yep. Uh, uh, we'll be covering a lot of the MAC, uh, a lot of the smaller schools, uh, just a lot easier to bet. So um, there's going to be a lot of insight there. Outside of that, Mayor, I've got a question for you before we dive in. Okay. This came up earlier this week. Um, now, this is preposterous to me uh, when someone proposed this to me, but uh, this was a huge argument at the water cooler, per se. But when you shit, do you wipe standing or sitting? Sitting. Okay. Yeah. Big time sitter. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, uh, an all-day argument with a stander uh, just basically fighting for their life, R. Kelly style. Yeah. Poor guy. Just... <laughs> Basically telling us that we are crazy, yeah. and that sitting is next level. I don't know, dirt ball. Well, you get you get more coverage if if you're sitting. That's just that's just a fact, you know. That's just that's well, standing is just like a PB and J. Just you're you're pushing that bread together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and there's no coming back from that. Yeah, I mean, if you're working remote, you can hop in the shower. Maybe, maybe I guess. Yeah, but if you're in an office and that's I mean, I was expecting some pushback from you because, you know, you're a little wacky sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to hear that you're also a sitter. 100%. I know there's a few people out there. Um, you know, Nick, I'm sure, uh, be hearing from him. Frequent caller into the show. Yeah. He seems like a standard to me. Yeah. <laughs> he might be. Outside of that shitty talk, let's talk about something that's a little bit better than that. Some college football, Mayor. We're going to be covering the entire season. Uh, We're going to dive in some hot takes, square takes, favorite teams or players to watch, not necessarily to bet, uh, because we know that 
there's going to be games of just wild capacity on all TVs all season. So, Mayor, for you, uh, when you looked at this board, when you looked at these teams, what's your initial hot take, square take? You can either you can take any route that you want. Yeah, I mean, people have been saying Georgia um, is the favorite going into this year, and I, I can't disagree on paper. You know, they've obviously they've won back-to-back championships, and you know they're going for their third. And when you look at their schedule, um, it really seemingly lines up favorably for them. Um, like if you actually just sit down and, and take a look, you'll be like, wow, it's hard for me to to see a loss here, given that everything continues to go smoothly over there. Obviously, they, they lose Stetson Bennett, and you know that se- seemingly they lose defensive players every year to the draft in the first round uh, nowadays. Um, but you know they've, been, they've shown an ability to replenish. Obviously, they're getting the five-star recruits there. Um, you know, Bennett in himself, um, really probably underrated. He really came on last year um, kind of following what he did in the college football playoffs the year before. He was really solid, really clutch player, you know, could make plays with his legs. Anyway, I don't necessarily disagree with that um, from, from Georgia's side um, and possibly kind of like the public perception of that. And... Um, you know, I think uh, as far as kind of like a sleeper goes, I got my eye on Oregon. You know, they return uh, they return Bo Nix um, at quarterback. He had a really solid year for them last year, um, and uh, I know they brought in the coach. Um, uh, who was it? Was it uh, Good? Dan Lanning. Yeah, Dan Lanning, um, the guy from Georgia. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had a they had a good season last year. Um, I think they'll shot to. Um, uh, win, you know, not only win the Pac-12, but but make the college football playoff. Um, you know, similar to like what a TCU did last year. Yeah, plus 500 to make the playoff. Uh, something we might talk on a little bit later. Uh, they do have a nine. Some some books have it at nine uh, win total. So I mean, you don't sound that crazy um, when you're talking about them making the playoff. Now I wouldn't say many people say it's a sleeper, but it's definitely not a sure thing. Um, because they are playing in that weak-ass Pac-12, soon to be Big Ten. Yep, exactly. Uh, last, last year for the Big Ten, as is. By the way, do you know Stetson Bennett uh, plays in the NFL now? Of course, yeah, on the Rams. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. All that all that uh, preview there of Georgia, I didn't hear any mention of the new quarterback, or just yeah. a lot of Stetson Bennett talk. Yeah, that That's is past. That is true. That is the past. Uh, <laughs> I guess. I guess what I was kind of saying is that I, I thought, I thought Bennett was undervalued for them, and uh, he's already had a solid preseason in the NFL. But anyway, um, you know, I think it comes down to can Georgia, can Georgia replace. Um, the production of, of Bennett. And on paper, you might say, well, yeah, you know, this guy is more athletic, this guy has a stronger arm, this guy is more accurate, whatever it might be. But I think Bennett, um, like I said, I think he was underrated. I think he was, he's a winner. You know what I mean? Yeah. Listen, I mean, that is a square take that, you know, I'm also behind because, I mean, their non-conference is Tennessee Martin, Ball State, UAB, and that's it. Like, they get... Right, three. Ole Miss at home. They go on the road to Tennessee. That's about it. And man, everything else. Road in Auburn. We get to see them in Vanderbilt. Well, Nashville trip. But 
their schedule. Oh, they get Georgia Tech as their final. Um, of course, the rivalry. Um, but yeah, their schedule is fucking pitiful. It's a disgrace. They shouldn't even. But yeah, I mean, they'll be back in the playoff. That's what it feels like when yeah. you, when you look at it right now before the season starts for sure. Yeah, especially Alabama is going to take a step back. Uh, second to last game. At Tennessee, is going to be nuts as long as Tennessee, which actually works out perfect because my hot take for the season is that Joe Milton is going to uh, basically pull Jalen Hurts. Uh, Joe Milton has been getting so much hate, uh, just basically the Michigan's trash. Uh, everyone's just putting this guy down. Uh, everyone remembers the same thing happened to Jalen Hurts. Uh, when Tua came in, uh, Jalen Hurts basically got them to that national title coming in and winning that uh, SEC championship against Georgia. People forget. And, um, yeah, I think Joe Milton just basically takes over for Hendon. Uh, They did lose, obviously, some production with Jalen Hyatt, uh, lost some offensive line talent. But, uh, I mean, I only think Tennessee just needed to see themselves win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Beating Alabama last year, obviously insane game, um, was something that if it was a ton of seniors – uh, with no talent behind them, you know, I'd get, you know, maybe there's a big regression, but they got players that are ready to ball now. Uh, Milton could have played, which he did with stepped in when Hendon was a little hurt uh, and showed some flashes of what he could be. And I just think Michigan was the wrong system for what type of quarterback he is. So hot take is that Hendon, or, uh, Joe Milton could be the final piece in GBO in that I could see them making the playoff out of that SEC insane um, uh, side and then also possibly see him in Radio City Music Hall for a potential Heisman. Yeah, that's that's a huge hot take. I think the public perception definitely disagrees with you. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not a sure thing. But, I mean, when we're talking about where do we win money, I mean, it's not... Listen, the top of the books are going to cash when they are, but... You need some value in there. Joe Milton is someone that you want to take a look at. Uh, Square take. I like what you said about Georgia. I mean, yeah, they're just reloaded on defense. They just have freaks committing there every year. Top three recruiting classes. Uh, You know, Athens is nicer than Tuscaloosa. So they're starting to build what Alabama did and not have to be in shitty Alabama. So recruits are, yeah, starting to see some results outside. And Saban's getting older, so you know, the walls might be closing in on Crimson Tide, as you might hear a little later. Um, but the other square take is that Michigan-Ohio State are the only two glimmers of hope for the Big Ten. Yeah. I don't see, you know, there's a lot of wackos, just maniacs, with Penn State just finishing, like, in the top top five, top four, making the playoff as Michigan-Penn State. Penn State, the only representative. It's insane that anyone believes in that bald-headed loser, James Franklin. <laughs> it is nuts. That, that guy still gets any support from anywhere. They will go 9-3, and 8-4, and four, classic Penn State every single year, and that's basically it. So um, that's the, the opposite side. I mean, I guess that's a hot take just because they're getting so much um, – positive value, but I don't even know if you've looked into them, but 
yeah, that's that's just my rant for for people that are overhyped for the year. Yeah, no, I haven't looked into Penn State too much. When I looked at the odds to win the Big Ten, I saw that they were third favorite behind Ohio State and Michigan. Um, and I thought the same thing you did when you said, you know, nine and three, eight and four. That's what Penn State does. I would expect them to do just that again here in 2023. Yeah. Outside of just players to watch for hot takes, Joe Milton, obviously high expectations, but uh, man, fell in love with this run. Can't believe it stopped short. Uh, my boy takes over. Uh, Adrian Martinez finally left college after 10 plus years <laughs> over <laughs> multiple universities. Yep. And Will Howard is taking over the reins for a Kansas State team uh, that did lose some production on defense. Uh, did lose some production on offense with Deuce Vaughn, uh, obviously, and then Adrian Martinez was a huge part of their offense before that injury uh, bug crazy towards the end of the season. But at the same time, <clears throat> everything Kansas State does is just hang in ball games, and Will Howard was a big part of that. 15 TDs, four interceptions when his time was uh, called last year. Uh, not necessarily saying Kansas State's going to do anything crazy, but Will Howard himself may just fuck around and get his name uh, in national contention for some of the bigger awards. Uh, the other uh, <laughs> the other player to watch that you forget about, obviously since Clemson has been so bad, is DJ Oolung Lele. He's at Oregon State now. Yeah. Kept the orange, moved out west. Yep. Basically just, I mean, it was almost like he got caught with a fake girlfriend. He's just like, I got to move all the way across the country. <laughs> People don't even know where I'm at. All right, to Oregon State. Yeah, Oregon State. And so, still have to remember he was the best best recruit in the country. Five-star recruit. Ton of talent. Lit up Notre Dame. But he did have some crazy... It could just be pressure. I mean, a lot of this game is mental. So, we'll see what that talent looks like when there's zero pressure. And wait, just, wait, wait. Sorry to cut you off, but wasn't was he the quarterback when they lost... 34 to 7 to Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, it was some pitiful performances at Clemson. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. All I'm saying is that maybe the guy just doesn't have it for the bright lights, but he does have it when it's kind of more his speed. So, a couple quarterbacks. Anyone that sticks out to you on just someone you're going to put on, whether you have money on them or not? Yeah, that's a good question. Like, obviously, I got my eye on the top quarterbacks. Caleb Williams, Drake May, um, Spencer Rattler. Um, South Carolina really finished strong last season, beating Tennessee by a lot and then beating uh, Clemson. Um, I believe that was the final week of the year. And they played, I think, Notre Dame, I want to say, in the bowl game. And I don't remember who was a really high-scoring game. Um, South Carolina. Notre Dame, 45 who won? Notre Dame. Yeah. So South Carolina is a team that, at least to me, they haven't had a lot of excitement around the football program in a while. So that'll be interesting. And then, you know, North Carolina and South Carolina play each other week one of the college football season. Um, so, yeah, I'll be watching the quarterbacks. Okay. Spencer else. Rattler. Yeah. There's another guy who just seems to piss down his leg in bright lights. It also could be, did he win those games because they literally had nothing else to play for? 
and just kind of throw it all out? Yes, pressure. It, it's definitely possible. I thought he played well against Tennessee and against Clemson. There was some fluky things that happened, but he may be developing and progressing in the right direction. I don't think that's a stretch to say with him. He's had his fair share of ups and downs at both Oklahoma and South Carolina. Yeah, for sure. My last one uh, before we kind of – and could hear this name. You will hear this name again a little bit later with some odds. But Quinchon Jenkins, running back, old Miss. Kid came in, just bad out of hell. Over seventeen hundred yards rushing last year. Obviously, huge rushing attack at old Miss. Uh, but still, I mean, he was like the lifeblood, and he's back healthy as hell. And old Miss is not going to slow down uh, with Lane Kiffin at the helm. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see him. Uh, just pushing 2K this year, to be completely honest. And so Old Miss is going to be crazy. Uh, Spencer Sanders uh, transferred in, not his job from OKC, but with Jackson Dart not exactly being the craziest quarterback, there is still a competition down in Oxford. So that's going to be nuts. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so what I wanted to look at next, and this is the best part because I hate, hate with a passion, college football preseason rankings. It is literally my biggest pet peeve ever year because there is such turnover every year. How do you rank a team from the year before to today, especially now with all the transfers? Oh, Lordy. So, Mayor, what I'm going to do is first first impression, pretender, contender. We go through. Wait, are we talk pretender or contender like 8-9-win team or contender no, like? contender to win. Tender to, tender to make the playoffs. To make the playoffs. And we're only doing top 10, top 25. But, I mean, every year, everyone just gets the benefit of the doubt. So a team like last year, Tulane, you know, these crazier teams, like when Louisville, they just have to work harder uh, when they're undefeated. Obviously, I get it. There's more talent. They play different talent. But at the same time, you know, you look back at 2005 when this uh, young upstart team, Appalachian State, came into a very misranked Michigan at number five in the country, and at the time, the biggest upset in college football history. Right. So, all right, we already talked about Georgia, contender. Michigan, two. Yeah, they're a contender. They're bringing back, they're bringing back the quarterback. And, and Blake Corum and everyone else, basically. And ha- haven't they made the college football playoff two years in a row? Yes, they have. So, contender. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yes, they are. Ohio State. Obviously, Ohio State is a contender. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a QB dilemma uh, with Ryan Day refusing to commit to either quarterback. Kyle McCord, obviously, uh, the high school quarterback of Marvin Harrison. Uh, but Brown, also um, just a freak talent, uh, one of the top recruits, obviously. So it seems like everything is going to come down to the first two weeks of the season. They have two warm-up games before they go to Notre Dame. Uh, in week three, uh, before they announce a quarterback. So that always has me a little worried, college football, when they do wacky stuff like that. Uh, So we'll see. Alabama. Alabama is a contender until further notice. Man, I think they take a small step back. I think there's another SEC team that will step up. We'll talk about a little later. I mean, but losing Bryce Young, Heisman winner, it's going to hurt. Of course, losing Bryce Young, Heisman winner, first overall pick in the NFL draft is going to hurt. However, 
I thought they sustained injuries all over the offense last season. And on defense, that wasn't a typical Alabama team. I have a hard time seeing Nick Saban being okay with everybody saying, hey, bud, the door is shutting. You've been passed up by Kirby Smart and what they're doing over there at Georgia. We're talking about Nick freaking Saban. Um, I expect Alabama's defense vastly improved um, because I don't think it was up to their standards. Really not even close. That's fair. I got him as pretenders. Saban, 71. Uh, obviously, there's he's not doing all the recruiting. I mean, at some point, all all dynasties, all empires come to an end. And I'm not being like, they're going to win six games. like. But I just think there's two losses on there, uh, possibly three. And I think Bama starts to take a step back. Penn State. Penn State is not a contender to win the national championship, in my opinion. So I'm going to say pretender. Yeah, we went into them pretty hard. They're pretenders, obviously. This is crazy uh, because, man, what a Jekyll and Hyde uh, team last year. Uh, obviously the huge uh, coach transfer uh, with Brian Kelly going to Baton Rouge, LSU. Yeah, I mean, LSU to me is a pretender. I give Brian Kelly credit for what he did at Notre Dame, bringing Notre Dame to some college football playoffs seemingly every single time uh, – undermatched, like mismatched against the teams that he was playing. Like it, se- it seems like every time Brian Kelly brought a Notre Dame team to the college football playoff, the opposing team was rooted by two touchdowns or more is what it felt like. So obviously he's done a great job of being able to motivate his guys to win games in the regular season. I'm not quite there yet with LSU. Don't think this is Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Uh, maybe it will be and, uh, down the road, but I am not there yet. So pretender for me okay i couldn't disagree more uh i mean they got back one of the best linebackers in the country harold perkins uh Jaden daniels obviously a threat both sides uh just another year under his belt maybe a little bit less mistakes uh definitely showed some youth last year uh with some turnovers and some bad decision making but they also uh were pretty high up on transfer rankings uh they had a really young team anyway and, man, do they just uh, end the season pretty strong. Um, man, I have them as a contender. That's who I think steps in front of Alabama is LSU. And Interesting. The next team, Florida State. Uh, Florida State falls in the pretender category for me as well. They were horrible, um, I want to say, two years ago. It might have been three, but I, I think it was two years ago. They had a couple bad seasons there. And then obviously last year they had a revival. So good for them, good for the fans, good for them being you know, headed in the right direction, if you will. But no means am I going to say that this team a contender. Okay, I'm going to break it a little bit here. Because Florida State plays LSU, and I'm so high on LSU, I think LSU takes care of business. But Jordan Travis, Travis is without a doubt a freak. So if Florida State beats LSU week one, I could easily be convinced that this team is for real. But until I actually see it, they're a pretender. But I am on the ship of I can be changed on this team. Seems like they're going to, well, they're in a weak ACC. So they have LSU and Clemson in the first four weeks. So basically their entire season is in the first weeks. They get through, they win those two games, then all of a sudden we're in a cruise ship, cruise ship all the way to the ACC championship. And they're going to be clearly a top two team. 
if they get through those teams in the first four weeks. Maybe. Um, I don't have their schedule in front of me, but like I, I need to, I need to see it from Florida State again this year before I just start looking at their schedule and saying win, 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 win. Like if they're playing North Carolina, North Carolina State. Um, I mean, really, I'm not ready to write those off. Is like, well, Mayor, they play uh, actually zero of those. Teams. They don't play those teams. <laughs> okay. Nope. No, they do not. They do end with two non-conference, which is wacky, North Alabama and Florida. Uh, Florida, obviously, on a down year, but they have Miami and Florida, a huge rivalry game. But, man, I could be I could be sold on Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, next to USC. Yeah, USC is a contender because of the quarterback that they have, the coach that they have, and the conference that they play in. I mean, if Williams goes out and plays like a Heisman again, um, it's not out out of the realm of possibility to see USC with zero losses or one loss win their conference championship and get into the playoffs. So, yeah, USC is a contender. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, as much as I hate to agree, um, yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 is so weak. They have Notre Dame, obviously. Um, but at the same time, yeah, Caleb Williams is good. Didn't deserve that Heisman last year, my opinion. Who did? Well, my opinion, once C.J. Stroud um, was robbed of that Michigan game, I think last year should have uh, they should have just no Moss, no Heisman. Wow. Just a off year for the Heisman. I don't think anyone <laughs> deserved it last year, if we're being completely honest. So he also, the he, fact he's that, also an Ohio State fan. But yeah. The fact that he could possibly be like, the second guy since Eddie George to be like a two-time Heisman winner is sickening. I mean, you lose to Utah twice in the same year, and you paint your fingernails and of like fuck this other school every game. <sighs> Should have banned him from Radio City. My only opinion. Wow. But they're contenders. Yeah. Basically, what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and then uh, talked about it with um, State seeing him at uh, Clemson top ten. Clemson. Contender or pretender? I I don't know really anything about this Clemson team, but square take, I'm going to say Clemson is a contender because they've done it, they've proven it, and um, you know, if the, if there was, if you told me right now, hey, Clemson is going to win their conference, they're only going to lose one game, are you stunned? I would say absolutely. So Clemson contender. Yeah, uh, Klubnik in control of the entire offense, not even to worry about old DJU. Uh, Dabo is always a wild card. This is right along the lines of Florida State. Got to prove it to me. But again, the weak ACC. They do play Notre Dame, uh, which Notre Dame or which Florida State does not. Um, I don't know. For now, they'll be pretenders. I think uh, their run was fucking crazy. Uh, meteoric with Taj Boyd, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, and then they just disappeared. Like, Will Venables wasn't that big of a deal on defense, but maybe he was. Maybe he was, but he sucks ass at Oklahoma, and we'll see them later in the pod as well. But I got him as pretenders for now. And the final final team in the top ten, all the way in the northwest, Washington. Yeah, a lot of people are high on Michael Penix, and I watched a lot of Michael Penix when he played at Indiana, and I identified him as an electric player. He has a strong arm. He's athletic. He's mobile. I like Michael Penix. In terms of Washington as a team, pretender or contender, um, didn't they 
make the college football playoff since its existence. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they have. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they lost to Alabama, like twenty-four to seven. So it's not like this team hasn't done it before. My long-winded answer of saying uh, pretender. I'm not going to get there with Washington before the season starts and call this team a contender. Granted, Pac-12. If they are for real. They could have a chance. They could find themselves playing in the conference championship game, and then who knows, but I'm sorry. I can't get there with Washington. Yeah, neither can I. Uh, Washington, like, this is like one of those crazy teams where you, like, look back at the end of the year and you're like, damn, they were preseason top ten. It's like they got a tough schedule. Uh, They get Oregon at home. They open up against a feisty Boise State team. Not saying that it's Boise State of the past. Uh, they have to go to Michigan State. Michigan State sucks ass, but at the same time, traveling all the way across country, week three, uh, playing a. At that point, it's going to end at night. And that'll be a revenge game because they played last year yep. at Washington, and Washington smacked them. Yeah, and Michigan State's seen Penix uh, when he was at Indiana. Uh, they have to go to USC, go to Oregon State. Um, they have the Apple Cup at home but and Utah at home. Um yeah, they're pretenders for sure. It's it's def- not everyone in this top ten can be. Um, so I, yeah, I mean, no doubt they're pretenders. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad we got to go through that. Uh, the other two, we're just gonna add these bonus two because they're right on the right on the brink, and they are the hottest button, and they're both orange. Texas and Tennessee are 11 and 12, and you already know how I feel about Tennessee. They're on the brink. I think they can make it, but Texas, man. This team could win six games or they could dominate every game by 20. Yeah, for sure. I mean, (laughs) last year was one of those years where they seemingly were the more talented team, at least to me, in every game that they played. Yet they didn't win every single one of those games, um, obviously. Texas plays in a conference where I believe they should be the favorites. So... If the quarterback plays well and everything comes together for them, they are a contender, but we'll see. Yeah. What about Tennessee? I'm not ready to get there with Tennessee, so pretender. Wow. Yeah, Texas is an all-time prove-it-to-me team. I mean, to be fair, though, Quinn Ewers did look fucking insane last year until he went down. Um, The Alabama game was nuts. I think it was 20-19. to Yeah, Texas should have won that game. Yeah, big time. And then... um, Obviously, Quinn goes down. Uh, it's a much different season. He looks like he's a real deal. They got Arch Manning in, in there, burnt orange. Uh, what the hell? They lose Bijan, though. Obviously, probably the best player, if we're talking about player, maybe not, not stat-wise, but if we're talking about talent in the college football landscape last yeah. year was B. John Robinson. Yeah, for sure. And Texas plays Alabama week two, is that correct? <laughs> yeah. This time in Tuscaloosa. Yep. So we'll see. Swishing to our uh, our Miller Lite out of the segments of Pretenders to uh, what everyone's here for. That's the betting portion. Absolutely. Let's dive into it, Mayor. We've got season-long bets. We've got, we've got week zero bets. We've got Heisman bets. You know what? You steer the ship. What's your? What do you want to start with? Yeah, sure. So a couple things I want to go over that might help you handicapping games this year. Just take note of this. Um... I'm going to talk about some teams in uh, the, the main Power 5 conferences that were the best against the spread last year and also the worst against the spread last year. This isn't an automatic bet. For example, 
if I tell you that this team was excellent against the spread last year, it doesn't mean automatically fade them this year. However, water I will, finds its level. I will say water does find its level, and it's something to take into account. Because um, typically, if a team does really well against the spread one year, it's fair to assume that they will regress the following year. So, real quickly, in the SEC, uh, Tennessee was 10-3 and against the spread last year. Kentucky was 8-5. and Your worst spread teams, Ole Miss, 4-8-1. And, and Texas A&M, 4-7-1. And in the Big Ten, your best teams were Penn State at 9-3-1, and Illinois at 8-5, and Iowa at 8-5, and, and Michigan at 8-5-1. Your worst teams in the Big Ten was Indiana at 4-8, Michigan State at 3, 6, and 3, and Purdue at 5, and 9. In the Big 12, Kansas State was 9, 4, and 1 against the spread. TCU was 10, 4, and 1. Texas 8, and 5. Texas Tech 8, and 5. Your worst teams against the spread in the Big 12 last year. BYU, a new addition, 5, and 8. Cincinnati, another new addition, 3, 9, and 1 for Cincinnati against the spread last year. Houston, another new addition to the Big 12, 5-8 against the spread. Iowa State, 4-7-1. Oklahoma, 5-8. In the ACC, your best teams were Duke at 9-4, Florida State at 8-5, Louisville at 8-5, and Wake Forest at 8-5. Your worst teams in the ACC, Boston College, 4-8. Hear this, Miami, 2-10 against the spread last year. NC State, 4-9. Virginia Tech, 4-7. And then to round it out in the Pac-12, your best teams against the spread. Oregon State, 11-2. Take note of that. Oregon, 8-5. Washington, 8-5. Washington State, 8-5. And, and then your worst teams against the spread in the Pac-12 last year. Colorado, 2-10. Stanford, 2-10. And, and that is your recap of the best and worst teams against the spread last season in college football. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I sent over Mayor an agenda of what we talked about, and that was not on the agenda. And you know what? I knew something like that was going to come out. So props to you, man. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Yeah. What that means? You know, probably absolutely nothing. But you know, we're two dumb brain guys that fully believe in water finds its level. Absolutely. It's. I think it's responsible. Always bet who's due. Well, I do too. And I think. <laughs> and I know. I know you're being funny, but like. I, I can't say this as a fact because sports handicapping, taking it seriously, is something that I've recently just started getting into this season. However, I have heard from others who do, you know, bet professionally that that a lot of times is the case. So, you know, when you hear a team like University of Miami was two and ten against the spread last year, does that mean they're going to go ten and two this year? Probably not. Um, but uh, it would be pretty shocking to, to see another 2-10. It's just something to take into account um, with your wagers this yeah, year. Yeah, there's so many wacky things that can go on. Um, yeah, so many factors that you may not know just from looking at the numbers. Yeah, um, but I did ask Mayor to put together what we're going to do is cover our three uh, best season overs, unders. Uh, I did three for each. Mayor just did his best three for combined. Um, I wanted to touch on first before we get into the teams – is player props. I touched on a few of my favorite players. I'm not going to bet them all. But when we look at what we want to bet, obviously there's going to be players that can win the Heisman, and they're probably already towards the top. 
you do have your players that get invited to Radio City every single year that are an absolute long shot. Your defensive players, your Hutchinsons, your Sues, uh, to your um, running backs that haven't won since, what, Derrick Henry? Um, yeah. And it's not just a quarterback league every year. I'm a big hater, obviously, of Caleb Williams being the favorite. I think there's money uh, to be found elsewhere. So did you find any Heisman? Because I have, I have three written down that are worth at least a nibble. Sure. Well, I only have one, and it's a person I alluded to earlier in our discussion, and it's Bo Nix out of Oregon. Yeah. I think Oregon has a legitimate shot to win the Pac-12 this year. Oregon was good last year, and... Um, Bo Nix had a really good season. As much as people like to make fun of Hicks, he actually put together a really, really strong season for Oregon, and he's returning. Um, so I uh, don't mind a, uh, you know, if you're looking for a little bit more of a long shot for the Heisman, I, I think that's a, um, a good play. What did you see him at, 16-1? to 1? I don't know. Okay. I think that's what I, what I saw Heisman out at for him, if you want to pull that up. But, yeah, I mean, that's good. Uh, I know a few people that are on Bo. A little longer odds. He's gotten shorter throughout the offseason. So that's always a good sign for anyone that wants to get in early. Uh, when it starts to get shorter, that means you're on the right side of that pick. Uh, I brought him up earlier. I mean, it's obviously team dependent, too. Um, if you're going to win the Heisman with a bad team, you got to be a quarterback. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, basically, you got to have the ball in your hands at all times. So this is completely dependent on this team being good. But Quinshawn Jenkins from Old Miss, 80 to 1 on FanDuel right now. Um, you know, especially when you could possibly get cash out options, but holding that at 80 to 1 with someone could push 2k rushing and would definitely be something that you notice. Obviously, if he's pushing 2k rushing on an 8 and 5 team, it's going to be nice, you know, Doke Walker season, but not uh, Heisman contention. The other is going to be two quarterbacks, and again, this is how you can win the Heisman with a shittier team. <clears throat> he fell off, uh, if we all remember the dream last year, that it was for Kansas football. Jalen Daniels, he's back. Uh, they had their best season since uh, our big prince. Since the Great Depression. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> since our big prince, uh, Mangini, R.I.P., on the sideline, waddling around on the sidelines. He's at 100-1 to to win the Heisman. Their win total is at 6.5. That team somehow uh, pulls off some miracles, gets to nine wins, 9-3. Nine and three. They get a national contention. He's the reason they're winning. 100-1 um, wouldn't be a, a ticket that I'd be pissed to be holding. And then the last one is the transfer. Uh, obviously, this guy was huge disappointment last year, just with uh, certain injuries. But... Uh, now he's in that Kentucky Blue. Uh, Kentucky has a pretty good transfer uh, portal this offseason, um, getting Vanderbilt's running back as well. But Devin Leary at 100-1 on FanDuel uh, is something that I grabbed. Um, again, you're in a position where you're in the uh, toughest conference in the country. You pull a couple upset wins. This Kentucky team goes 10-2. and and it's all because of Devin Leary. All of a sudden, you've got a big-time 100-to-1 Heisman contender. Doesn't mean I don't like anyone above 80-to-1. Not the po not the point of this. Uh, just a few names to take a look at uh, ahead of Week Zero. 
that could possibly be worth uh, a nibble as those odds get better throughout the season. If you have the opportunity to cash out, um, that's going to be a win for you on the long haul. Nice. Well, let me uh, let me give you a few names that I have DraftKings pulled up right now, and um, Bo Nix, you were right, sixteen to one. But let me just give you a few names and just let me know, you know, yes, yeah. worth a sprinkle or no. Yeah. So you got Deion Sanders' son at Colorado no, no. at one hundred and fifty <laughs> no, to one. No. You okay. Don't, they don't give Heisman's to four win teams. Yeah. <laughs> How about Will Rogers at Mississippi State, 150 to one? <clears throat> yep, uh, I just think you know it was devastating last year. Obviously, losing losing the Pirate, um, Mike Leach gone, rest in peace. Uh, I just think they're overwhelmed completely uh, in that SEC. I, again, just not enough opportunities to win games. Um, so I'm going to say no on Will Rogers too. I saw that as well. Yeah. What about the guy that you've mentioned several times, our boy DJ, our transfer from Clemson to Oregon State yeah. at 90 to 1? Of course, yeah. He's 90 to 1 there. He's 101 on FanDuel. Um, yeah, he's worth he's worth a sprinkle if you believe in him. If you don't, yeah, it could be a, the biggest waste of money. But if you got 20 bucks and looking to win 2,000, um, yeah, Oregon State just has to upset a few people. And he would be the reason that they upset him. So, yeah, he would. He was definitely almost made the list, but I'm I'm not fully bought into him yet. For sure. And then just a couple of other names that just stand out to me right now: um, Cam Rising returning at Utah, yeah. seventy to one. Yep. Um, this would be crazy. Brock Bowers, tight end, Georgia, sixty-five to one. Um, Pchap has a Pchap has a nice little future on Bowers. All right. He's going to be their only offensive weapon, pretty much. For a young quarterback, um, you know, a tight end that can get in the flat or run a fucking vertical, yeah. Bowers is going to see, you know, wide receiver level targets. Sure. Uh, Spencer Rattler is at sixty to one for South Carolina. Uh, Nick Singleton, he was a freshman running back for Penn State last year. Some people called him like the most talented freshman running back in the country. He's yeah. at fifty to one. Dylan Gabriel, the left-handed quarterback for Oklahoma. Um, transfer from UCF, forty to one, and um, yeah, those are kind of more of the long shots. That no, no, and no. Rattler is way too high. Definitely um, a indicator from the end of last season, like you talked about. He should be at about a hundred to one, maybe further. Um, like, sure, they close out the season fine. Doesn't go for how terrible they were to start the season, and basically the entire season. Like their their season was salvaged by three three games at the end. Could show signs of what's to come. Eh, yeah, but it also could just be like I said, uh, no pressure anymore. Uh, just kind of fails under the big lights because he was atrocious at Oklahoma under pressure. He's not been good under pressure at South Carolina. So when he's just slinging it, if he takes that mentality with him every single game, then maybe. But sixty to one. Even that's not worth it for who can actually win the Heisman. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you saw my boy Will Howard, hundred to one on there, he would be someone I would be willing to take a take a risk on. Yeah, because there isn't a Deuce Vaughn in the backfield. He's basically going to have to carry that team and another weak conference in the Big Twelve. If Will Howard, if the Kansas State Wildcats can get to ten wins, um, get to the Big Twelve title. I mean, it's going to be because of Will Howard. and You're going to want to be holding that ticket. 100-1 to would be good. That being said, there's obviously a couple at the top. You look at 
Marvin Harrison Jr. He's going to be what Ohio State runs through, even though they have literally some of the sickest um, uh, wide receivers. They just had the number one wide receiver in the class commit. Uh, he'll be playing. Um, we have one of the best names committed, Aaron Noland. Emeka Obuka's back. Kate Stover's back. It's going to be um, just an air assault in Columbus. And then, obviously, you have your other quarterbacks, Bo, Bo Nix. Caleb. Michael Penix. Michael Penix is up there. Drake May. Drake May, which is, uh, that's a wasted ticket. North Carolina's going to stink. Again, you're not going to have a seven-win Heisman. McCarthy. McCarthy and Corum are also up there as favorites. That's a Michigan running back and Michigan quarterback. Obviously, I have my own bias, but no doubt that Corum uh, did have a hell of a season last year, so uh, he could be uh, big trouble for for any sort of long shot Heisman ticket. So let's hear your podium, Mayor. Give yeah. me give me bronze, silver, gold of your best three season over-unders. Yeah, sure. And before I get into that, just want to say our show is sponsored by Miller Lite. <laughs> Great taste, less filling. Yeah, please sponsor us. Um, so on the bronze, I will go with Nebraska. Over six wins is what I ended up going with. Terrible um, as Nebraska was last season, they still won four games, and um, they were competitive in uh, in some other games. Some not so much, like the Oklahoma game, but... Other games, they were competitive. So they went 4-8 and eight last year. The line here is set at 6, juiced to the over, minus 150 on DraftKings right now. So we're looking for three more wins to cash this bet. Um, so a 7-5 and five record would do just that. Um, obviously, everybody knows uh, the coach, Matt Rule, that came in. He's an excellent college coach, good track record. In my opinion, their schedule is favorable. Um, they avoid Ohio State and Penn State this season. Um, so I identified games where they have real shots to win. Um, at Minnesota, week one, that's uh, next Thursday. They're at Colorado. They have Northern Illinois at home. Louisiana Tech at home. At Illinois. Northwestern at home. Purdue at home. At Michigan State. Maryland at home. Iowa at home. Um, those are 10 games, in my opinion, where they have legit shots to win. So they would need to win seven out of those 10 games, in theory. The other two games that they have, Michigan at home and then at Wisconsin. So I look at a team like Nebraska last year. Like I said, they went 4-8. and eight. They played some close games. Obviously, they've been a disaster for quite some time now. They bring in Matt Rule. That's a huge culture change. Obviously, their fans are starving for this team to be decent or good. Yeah. And I'm, we're asking for seven wins in the Big Ten where they don't play Ohio State. They don't play... Um, Penn State and um, non-conference games against um, Colorado, NIU, and Louisiana Tech. And I know Louisiana Tech has had some success over the last couple of seasons. But nonetheless, that's my bronze pick, Nebraska, over six wins. Well, I disagree with you uh, just um, putting Iowa aside. I think Iowa handles Nebraska. So I think that's three. So they got to win seven out of nine. Um, Wisconsin with Fickle there is going to be a really good program. Um, obviously, Mich- Michigan coming in. Uh, no time is announced on that, on when kickoff would be. Uh, that's probably going to be a loss. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, of those, Minnesota, row the boat. You know how I feel about that. That's going to be a pretty good game. Colorado, listen, this is a, this is a team that I don't think anyone – wants to touch, whether it's 
whether it's uh, futures, their over-under is three and a half. If you are one of those weirdos that fully believes in this Dion system, on FanDuel, there's a 10-plus wins bet, and you can get Colorado 90-1, to 10-plus wins. That's not even win. It's not even win the national championship, not even make the playoffs, just over 9.5 wins, 90-1. to 1. So that's something I haven't committed. I didn't sprinkle on it, but I just saw it. If you are crazy enough, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame you if you're a Dion guy. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like if you're looking at it through a, a, a rosy optics, yeah, you probably want to take that bet. <laughs> I won't be on it. Yeah. No, it's probably a super shitty bet, but you know, we're Joes. We're Joes that are the trying to be the king Joes. But uh, these are bets we want to share with our other Joes. I mean, they had 50, 50 transfer portal transactions. This team is 100% new, so going to a team like that could be crazy. Um, Illinois, they had a huge upside last year. Yeah, so I, th- I got I got it right on the number. You said six and a half? Six. Six, okay. And what did you say that, that number was? Minus 150 to the over. Okay, minus one fifty. So there is an opportunity to push. You always love that. They can get it done. Matt rules. A, he is obviously a college coach. He knows how to get the boys ready. He knows how to get the boys ready. And like how you said, like obviously the ten games that I talked about, winnable games. Like Iowa, Nebraska. That's a rivalry game every single season. Like even when Nebraska is at their lowest of lows, they always seemingly play really tight with Iowa. And this year the game is. Um, in Lincoln, so I'm not saying like, hey, Nebraska, bet Nebraska, like yeah. to win that game, but you know, I think it's certainly in the realm of possibility for for them to go seven and five this yeah. year. I just think they have four. I just think they have five, you know, four sure wins: Northwestern, Louisiana Tech, Northern Illinois, Purdue, and probably Colorado. So I think they have four sure wins, and then they need three more to cover, two more to push. Yeah. How about you? What do you got? Okay, so for me, I'll start with my overs. I went three overs, three unders. So four overs on my bronze. So probably the least confident of the three that I am with the over. They are actually, what I've talked about a lot, the Heisman, it's Ole Miss. Ole Miss at 7.5, minus 110 on DraftKings. Listen, I mean, I'm a huge Lane Kiffin guy. Uh, I think that this old Miss team, people forget they started 6-0 last year. They <laughs> lost five of their last six games. Uh, they basically collapsed. They were returned just about everyone, literally just about everyone. Uh, and they open up with Mercer. They brought in Tulane. Preseason they beat, they beat USC. Yeah, they beat USC, yeah. but they lost, uh, lost their running back to the NFL. Then they get Georgia Tech. They go to Alabama. Get LSU on back-to-back weeks. That's going to be a huge, huge two-week spread. But last year, they had all their games stacked towards the end, and it was a huge letdown situation. So if they can steal one of those games, um, I think they beat Arkansas at home. I think they beat Auburn on the road. They will definitely handle Vanderbilt at home. Texas A&M, not really going to talk about them today, but biggest question mark in the country probably. Um, from how pitiful they were last year uh, to how much talent they have on their team. Uh, Louisiana Monroe, that's a win. So we're at five. They will beat Mississippi State, and then they go to Georgia late. So got six wins on here, need two more. So they need to beat LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M, Georgia, two of those teams. 
Uh, yeah, when you were naming the teams on the schedule, I thought they had a pretty good shot because I see them winning the first game that you mentioned, Mercer. The second game that you mentioned, I think, was Tulane. Yeah. Um, and then the third game you mentioned was who? George Tech. George Tech. So, yeah, they're starting 3-0. I don't think they're going to beat Alabama at Tuscaloosa, if I heard you correctly. Yeah, that's right. And then LSU comes to town. I mean, if Ole Miss is legit, and if they win that LSU game, now they're 4-1. and one, And I know you mentioned they still have games against Mississippi State, Auburn, uh, and Sandy, Vanderbilt. So Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Monroe. So, like, right there alone, I mean, that, that, could, put them at, that could put them at 8. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would probably lean in your direction. Um, they got to beat LSU at home. Yeah, they really do. Your uh, team. But, yeah, Quinshawn Jenkins – is the truth, uh, whether it's Jackson Dart or Spencer Sanders, I think Ole Miss gets it done. Uh, next for you, who's the who's the silver? Uh, silver for me is going to be Akron over three and a half wins. Um, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, real ugly play. Um, so, yeah, over three and a half. I got that at minus 110. Um, about a month ago, um, it's up to four now at minus 125. So I got a good number and I got good odds. Um, clearly, that's been bet up um, to four. Um, last season was uh, Joe Moorhead's first season as the coach, and they went two and ten. Um, they have an estimated 41 players returning, eight starters on offense and seven starters on defense. Um, they do have a former five-star running back transfer from Florida. Who's coming in? Uh, they have an improved offensive line, and they have key wide receivers returning. Um, they were – I think they're going to be a competitive team. I think they're going to be in a lot of games in the MAC this year with the arrow pointing up, especially with a second-year coach being able to build um, inside that program. Um, so we're asking for three-and-a-half wins um, over three-and-a-half wins, so we need four. Um, they went two and ten last year, and everything went wrong for them. So I, uh, I like them to eclipse that number. Wow. Wow. Uh, and just an insight, we didn't compare any of these picks beforehand. So we're going to have a lot of Mac representation on this part of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, they have Morgan State. They're going to win. Temple is atrocious, but it's at Temple. And they have Kentucky and Indiana. There are two others. So, I mean, that's... They got a shot to start 3-1. 1-3. 3-1. Three and one. One and three. Three and one. Who are they going to beat out of Kentucky and Indiana? Well, they... I mean, Ohio State is 30-and-a-half-point favorites against Indiana. I mean, if Indiana was any good, that spread would be at least 17 or something. Like, my gosh. Yeah. They should still take care of business, but, yeah, then they just need three Mac wins. Worst-case scenario. I mean, the line is three-and-a-half. You said who do they play first? Temple. Temp- no, who's the first game? No, Temple's the first game, Morgan State's second game. Okay, so I see them starting 2-0. and I mean, they could lose to Temple, but I see them starting 2-0. and The 1-1 against Kentucky and Indiana, which is a stretch, but if they do, now they're 3-1, and and we need one win in the MAC to cash the wow. over. If they start 2-2, two and two, we need two wins in the <laughs> MAC to cash the over. All right. All right, you hear, heard it here first. The mayor zips. <laughs> um, so my silver... Uh, it's actually staying in the MAC. Uh, it's Ohio, the Ohio Bobcats. Uh, they're re- returning possibly the best quarterback in the MAC. Um, it's between him and Daquan Finn. Ohio and Toledo are the two favorites to win the MAC. They faced off in the MAC championship last year. Curtis went down before the MAC championship with a knee injury, but he is back. Um, 
This will all be also be one of my week zero bets that we'll talk about at the end. But I think Ohio, their seven and a half is over under, and it's at minus one ten. Uh, I'm a big fan of this Ohio team just because if you have a dominant quarterback in the MAC uh, like he did last year, I mean Ohio was picked last year to uh, basically be the bottom of the MAC, uh, and they made it to the MAC championship. So with that being said, a healthy Curtis Rourke. Uh, is someone I'm happy to have my money behind. Um, their non-con schedule, Bucking Long Island, San Diego State on Saturday, this Saturday, week zero. Someone that's, um, someone in this pod might have the Bobcats in that matchup. A terrible Iowa State team, uh, Florida Atlantic, also a bad team, and then they get into the MAC Conference, which they should have five, five wins when they're avoiding Toledo. Uh, who is the odds-on favorite to win the MAC uh, in the regular season? Yeah. Um, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Ohio University, they yeah. they haven't had a lot of success historically as a football program, even in the MAC, right? No, no, they've had success. Yeah, I mean they're um, uh, fuck. Coach's name is. Uh, I mean he left. Uh, two years ago, um, but the old Nebraska coach, Frank Solich, was their coach for uh, over a decade uh, before Tim Albany. And, uh, of course, Joe Burrow's dad was on the staff. That's why Joe Burrow's from Athens, Ohio. Yep. But, yeah, I mean, they in no ways were they ever contenders, like with you know Miami of Ohio having Roethlisberger, uh, that Western Michigan Corey Davis team being undefeated, Northern Illinois with uh, Jordan... Uh, Lynch going to uh, New Year's Six. They've never been a program like that. Uh, Toledo having all the NFL talent that they have. Yeah, that's kind of what. That's kind of where. But I was. they have, they've they've competed. They've competed for sure. Like I said, they're in the MAC championship last year. They've been in there uh, before in the last five years. So uh, it's just a it's a bit of an enigma in the MAC. But they have the best quarterback in the MAC, in my opinion, in Curtis Rourke. Um, the kid has wheels, and he can also throw the hell out of the ball. So, I like I like Ohio over seven and a half. It's a good number, honestly. Yeah, it really is, seven especially and minus one ten. And they have yeah, pretty weak, pretty weak non conference. The only thing that will fuck you up is the action midweek can throw off the boys. So, yeah. So let's hear the gold mayor. Let's hear let's hear your favorite of your uh, regular season win total. Yeah, for sure. I. Uh... Like I said, I got Nebraska over six wins and Akron over three and a half wins. Um, I would bet all of these the same amount, to be fair, just to clarify that. Um, but my last pick is an under. I'm looking at Cincinnati under five and a half wins this season. Um, you know, they were nine and four last year, and obviously they had a lot of success prior to last season. Um, obviously, Luke Fickle is gone. He. Um, He's one of the best head coaches in college football, in my opinion. Yeah. And um, he's no longer with the program. And I don't think that that can just be glossed over. Like, uh, no big deal. Um, we'll, we'll keep it running. I, I think they're going to feel it a little bit, especially in the first season. Not only that, they moved to the Big 12 this season. So they not only lose Fickle, an amazing head coach, but they moved to the Big 12. Um like I mentioned earlier, they went three nine and one against the spread last season. They uh, they beat who they were supposed to beat. 
Um, all of their tough games last year, um, where they were, you know, kind of close spread games uh, against good teams, they they seemingly lost. Yeah. Um, they weren't they weren't as good last year as they were the year before when they made the playoffs. Um, so with everything that I just said, I do see a lot of uh, regression with Cincinnati. Um, in order to cash this bet on the over, you would need them to win six games. I got them winning five or less. Um, their schedule this year, um, if you're wondering, home against Eastern Kentucky, I would think they win that game. That's a win. Uh, they're at Pitt um, the following week. I'm not really sure what to make of that one. Um, Miami of Ohio at home. So a pretty solid, easy-ish three first games of the year. Then they play Oklahoma at home. They go at BYU, Iowa State at home, Baylor at home, at Oklahoma State, UCF at home, at Houston, at West Virginia, um, Kansas at home. Um, I don't think their schedule is really the most difficult. Um, I... Um, I think they lucked out not playing a team like Texas, for example. Um, however, um, I see a lot of regression coming from Cincinnati. So give me under five and a half wins. That's a risky one. I mean, it's already down to five. So that's in your, your favor. I saw that number today on DraftKings. It's at five. Would you still take it at five? Yeah. If I'm betting, if I'm betting the under five and a half and I'm getting a push at five, I'm assuming I'm getting better odds. So... Yeah, I would, but I don't like it as much as five and a half for obvious reasons. Yeah, because you just see teams that also regress like BYU, um, West Virginia, Houston. They have low win totals. Right, and all those teams are also making the making the switch to, to the Big 12. Yeah. So yep. They're going through similar growing pains from that aspect of things. Interesting. I like it. Talked about it a little bit earlier. Basically, their season comes down to three games. I've got Notre Dame over eight and a half wins at minus 110. Central Michigan, Tennessee State, NC State, and Navy should all be easy wins. That's 4-0 to start. And then they go. To, they host Ohio State, USC, and Clemson in the next six weeks. Outside of those three games, uh, the only team they have to go on the road for in that is Clemson. They have USC and Ohio State at home. Uh, they'll beat Duke. Louisville could be tough since it's on the road. They should beat Pittsburgh. They'll smoke Stanford. They'll smoke Wake Forest. I do not see how this team doesn't win nine or more because they are going to take one of the USC, Clemson, or Ohio State. Marcus Freeman's second year. Uh, obviously getting Sam Hartman. Uh, I just think that eight and a half is a crazy number. They're also on my um, to make the playoffs uh, plus 550. Uh, something that I feel like should be a sprinkle. Yeah, so Notre Dame, that's my gold for the overs. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think Notre Dame's arrow is certainly pointing up. Freeman, you know, he lost early in the season last year to Marshall and to Stanford, and then it seemed he seemed like he got on the right track with that team, and now you add one of the best quarterbacks in the country with momentum in your program, building on that year number two. Um, I agree. I think Notre Dame is going to be in the conversation for the playoff as long as they are able to avoid a disastrous loss. Yeah, I mean, they got a couple freaks. They got Ohio State um, uh, linebacker with uh, Javante John Baptiste, uh, obviously Sam Hartman, Caleb Smith, uh, wide receiver from Virginia Tech. Uh, this is going to be a team that, yeah. I, th I think will be dangerous, uh, as much as I do not like the Irish personally. 
Uh, not a team I'll be rooting for, but if I have money on them, obviously it makes it a little bit more interesting. So I did a full unders as well. So wanted to touch on that before we close out. Basically our unders, uh, these are three teams that we don't guarantee anything here. Obviously you want to you know, bet responsibly and uh, or take care of uh, your own wallet. I don't see how any of these miss. Um, so they're all basically gold for me, but if I were to rank them, first on the podium for bronze would be TCU under 7.5 plus 110. Uh, TCU should basically be uh, docked two wins for giving up 70 in a national championship game. I mean, it's pretty pretty insane when you think back at it. They're the first team to face the Deion Sanders era Colorado. They're over under a 7.5 at plus money. The win at Nickel State, they go to Houston. They'll take a, a, a spry, young, up-and-coming SMU team. I think it's a loss. They should beat um, West Virginia, BYU. I wouldn't be surprised with the loss at Iowa State, Kansas State, uh, Texas, Baylor, Oklahoma. I see this team 6-6 six and six or 7-5. and five. Yeah, TCU. They Obviously have- lost Max Duggan, heart of that team, and... I mean, there's another team that you think back with some of those insane wins, running on the field against, what was it, Baylor, with no timeouts, ran the entire field goal team out there. Little shady, lightning only strikes once, so I'm out on them. Yeah, they had a dream season last year, no doubt about it. Number two, the silver, UAB. I don't know if you knew this, but Trent Dilfer is the head coach at UAB. No, I didn't. (laughs) No, last time I knew he was coaching, uh, I think he was coaching high school football here in uh, Nashville, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So Trent Dilfer took over the the reins over with the UMB, uh, UAB Golden Dragons. Uh, I thought they were Blazers. uh, Whatever. And uh, shout out Roddy White. Absolutely. Four and a half. So plus 100, under four and a half. Listen, a lot of moil there. A lot of people are not liking, players are not liking. Uh, what Trent Dilfer has to bring. There's been a lot of tragedy after his hire. Um, there's just not enough talent there for UAB to succeed through the season, and I think Trent Dilfer is a clown. So on that alone, I'm going to fade uh, the old Dilf man. We're going plus 100. Uh, again, plus odds to give me the under. I'm four and a half. All right. And then my gold, I think this is the best bet of my entire slate, would be Northwestern under three at minus 120. Uh, this program is an absolute shambles. Once you lose the lifeblood of your entire organization, it is tough to bounce back. So Fitzgerald being gone, you open up with a Big Ten opponent. Uh, I just don't see how this team has any sort of focus, any sort of uh, gall to win any games over three. I mean, this team is so far away from football. When I'm doing my research, I typed in today, every Team I typed in, I just said to put uh, Ohio Bobcats schedule, UAB schedule, TCU schedule. I typed in Northwestern schedule, and the first three links that came up were Northwestern school scheduling. There was no football. Everything that came up first for all the other schools was just a drop-down list yep. of football schedules. Northwestern, I had to type in Northwestern's Wildcat football schedule. Yeah, it's about as far away. So they're going to lose to Rutgers, UTEP on the up, Duke coming up, they're all right. They're going to get smoked by Penn State, Uh, Minnesota, they'll win against Howard, lose to Nebraska, Maryland, Iowa, 
Wisconsin, Illinois, maybe beat Purdue. I mean, I just don't see how they get four wins, let alone three. Three is a push. I think that is one of my favorite bets on the entire slate is Northwestern under three wins. Yeah, well, I uh, I guess my pushback to you would be, A, three wins is obviously a very small number, and B, players could use all of this as a, as a rallying cry to play inspired football, especially, don't forget, last season was an absolute uh, train wreck of itself um, uh, for the Wildcats, so... I guess that's what I would say to push back on on your pick. Okay. That's completely fair. Um, I think you're wrong, and uh, you're a homer. To clarify, I'm a Northwestern fan. I'm not (laughs) saying bet the over. It's just push back. I just, if you look at that schedule, you please tell me where four wins are. Well, yeah, I I don't know. You know, I, I really don't know. But... Teams, you know, if, for example, if they went and did beat Rutgers, that would really be bad for, for a person that had their, their under. You know, like the spread in that game is six and a half. It's not 21 and a half. Yeah. You know, so it's like they could go ahead and beat Rutgers. And then if they beat Howard, as you said, and uh, they'll lose to Duke. And then they played, what, one more team in there that you No, Howard is until October. Right. I know. But who's the second team that you UTEP? mentioned? UTEP. UTEP. UTEP's pretty good. Um, no, but they're at five and a half, over under five and a half. Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, if if they weren't absolutely atrocious at football this year, and, and maybe they maybe they won't be absolutely atrocious, they, they could get to four wins. But you know, that's why gambling is a risk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. But take the under under three minus one twenty, and let's always remember a push is a win when you get your money back. So um, basically, I led into it earlier. I have a few make the playoffs. We wanted to bet on who makes the playoffs because, let's be honest, there's five teams that legitimately have a chance to win the entire thing. So when I look at this realistically, I don't see how betting a team at 60-1 to to win the national championship is even worth a dollar um, just to say that you bet on them. I think we have, uh, stop me if I'm wrong, but you have USC, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, uh, maybe Alabama, LSU. Those are teams that I think can legitimately lift the trophy. Um, Outside of that, I think everything else that you're betting. So that's why we looked at make the playoffs. I already said it earlier. I like Notre Dame plus 550 just to get in. They're plus 550 just to make the playoffs. I already told you why. I'm still with that. Already big on them. All pod. Old Miss. 25 to 1 to make the playoffs. All they have to do is... Win the win the division, lose to a uh, a Georgia team late into the season. Uh, they get the benefit of playing Georgia late in the season, and then um, basically just win the SEC championship. So easy road, right? But nothing's going to be easy when you have a twenty-five to one bet uh, again. And then uh, I'm on the same boat as you. I like the odds that Oregon has at plus five hundred. They're right there with USC, maybe a small step back, uh, but not too far. So to have odds like that, every year you can't have two SEC, two Big Ten teams. I do think Michigan and Ohio State both get in, but I think there's only one SEC team, and I don't think anyone in the Big 12 uh, competes this year or the ACC, um, Clemson being the only possible disruptor. But if you have Notre Dame in contention, you're not going to see Michigan and Ohio State both make it. 
So that's not even going to throw an axe into the Pac-12. Getting into the dance, I like Oregon plus 500 as my final uh, make playoffs quote-unquote long shot. Yeah, I'm right there with you with Oregon. And um, in terms of a longer shot than Oregon, I would be willing to sprinkle a small amount of money on Wisconsin just because I really do believe that Luke Fickle is such a great coach. Wisconsin has had a good program for a lot of years now. Obviously, the last year or two seemingly seemingly has been a little bit down. Um, but new quarterback, new offensive coordinator. Um, I believe they brought in the offensive coordinator from North Carolina. As we know, they really like to spread the ball around and throw it. Yep. Um, no, but my life at Wisconsin is going to make the playoffs. <laughs> but they're, they're nine. Um, I don't hate to go on it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's a little easy to see LSU three to one to make the playoffs. Um, I love that team, but I'm not sure that's enough. I'd rather have my money in Alabama at plus one thirty-five. Yeah, yep. Um, speaking of Wisconsin, um, thoughts? Graham Mertz is at Florida. Here, transfer to Florida. Yep, the five first five stuff are good. Wisconsin fizzled out. Uh, could be see a problem, but what Wisconsin do uh, without Mertz? I don't. I don't see how they get. The path there from I think Iowa's the better team. As much as I hate it, I think Iowa's the better long shot play to make it to the... But that's also something I don't see how any teams, since that was my square pick, outside of Michigan, I say, guess SEC is quote-unquote more wide open this year. Yeah. Uh, I just think both, both Ohio State and Michigan return too many. At least on the SEC, you have question marks at quarterback. I think that um, the Pac-12... Everyone besides USC, what's that crazy motherfucker Chip Kelly going to do at, U- or at UCLA? Yeah, I mean, one last thing about Wisconsin is, like I mentioned earlier, they have been a solid program for a lot of years now. They've been a very competitive and good football team over the last 10, 15, 20, 25 years. They've had a lot of success, and now you bring in, in my opinion, one of the best coaches in college football in Luke Fickle. So there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of energy around that program. Granted, you still got to go out, play the game, play it right, and uh, come away with wins. Um, it is a long shot for a reason. But all of those factors combined um, makes me like Wisconsin quite a bit. Just remember, Fickle went seven and five at Ohio State. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, look at, I mean, Penn State minus three twenty. I'd love to take some no's. Uh, Alabama no would be minus 160. That's not even worth it for a season-long bet. So don't even bother tying your money up with that. Clemson plus 300, still not enough because Florida State's right at 325. Texas plus 300, just not enough. Oregon already up to plus 550 since I wrote this down earlier. So, again, would hop on that as probably one of my favorites to make the playoffs. Kansas State team that we mentioned 15 to 1 wouldn't be something bad again this is just to make the playoffs not to uh see anything else uh besides that um any other teams you want i got one team or i actually have two teams that uh i wanted to highlight uh before we kind of wrap this up but anyone doesn't know i'm a toledo uh alumni Big into Toledo uh, Athletics. They're sitting at uh, over nine wins on DraftKings. Over eight and a half on Caesars at minus 140. I would take that as my best bet, uh, With but didn't want to uh, leak into my homerism. Uh, on Caesars, over eight and a half. 
Minus 140, I think, is one of the easiest bets to go Northwestern. Uh, Toledo schedule, uh, pretty favorable for them. Uh, Texas Southern, San Jose State, uh, and Illinois, which is a team they can beat, but not expecting that to be a win. Uh, I don't see a team to 10 wins this year. A very weak Mac, and they get UMass as their fourth uh, non-conference game. Uh, not putting them aside, they've had a couple, uh, definitely a good step forward last year over at UMass, but... Uh, minus 120 over nine is another another game another team that I would add to the slate before we kind of close everything down on our books. Yeah, I heard they're returning uh, a ton of their key players, and obviously they were good last season. And like you mentioned, the non-conference schedule is very favorable. They could beat Illinois. You know, the spread is nine in that game. Um, so uh, especially at eight and a half at minus 140, I would not mind laying that juice. Um, yeah, to get that. Yep, and then uh, last one, honorable mention, is uh, Oklahoma under 9.5 at minus 120. Uh, this is a team disappointing last year. Texas coming up, uh, adding a lot of new cogs into the Big 12. Uh, not saying this is a surefire, that's why it was left off, but I don't believe in Dylan Gabriel at all. Uh, so injury prone, uh, this is something I would take a look at. So if we're looking at Oklahoma, tough to see uh, more than four losses, but... We're not on the over because it's tough to see more than nine half wins as well. So uh, maybe just to stay away altogether, but that's something that jumped out. Just an automatic 10 wins didn't really sit well with me on the Oklahoma side. Uh, Mayor, we basically uh, did it. If you were to point out your best bet of this episode, what do you think it's going to be? It, well, in terms of the three that I went over, um, I'm comfortable with Akron over three and a half wins. Hopefully they don't go one and 11, but I'll go Akron over three and a half. Yeah. I mean, you already. I think that's a good bet. And you already know mine. Northwestern under three is my best bet of the year or for the year totals. Yep. Recapping the bet slip, Mayor, just run down your list real quick of Heisman winners and win totals Heisman winners Bo Nix is a long shot um, and win totals Akron over three and a half wins Cincy under five and a half wins Nebraska over six wins great uh, my Heisman's Quinshawn Jenkins 80 to 1 Devin Leary 100 to 1 Jalen Daniels 100 to 1 uh, my overs for season total is Ohio over seven and a half uh, Ole Miss over seven and a half Notre Dame over eight and a half and then add Toledo in there over eight and a half on Caesars minus one forty. Uh, I have UAB under four and a half, Northwestern under three, and then TCU under seven and a half plus one ten. Uh, to make the playoffs, I have Notre Dame plus five fifty, Old Miss twenty five to one, and Oregon five uh, plus five fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That about sums it up. Yeah. Uh, before we go out, uh, we do have a week of college football here. So, anything catching your eye on Week Zero? Not really, to be yeah. completely honest with you. It's a pretty shitty week. Yeah, the games suck. Um, the most notable games when it comes to names is probably Notre Dame versus Navy, but yeah. that, that point spread is 20.5 to 21. Um, it moved from 20.5 to 21 on DraftKings, at least in the last couple hours. But Can you do something for me? Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not... It's not a great slate. Uh, yeah, I have two bets. Uh, I was talking about this to you a little bit before, but the Vandy-Hawaii game, it's at Vandy. It's not your uh, Hawaii after dark. The over-under is sitting at 56. Listen, last year was 63-10. to 10. 
It was a shit show. Uh, they had much better talent. They had a lot of talent transfer out. Uh, Hawaii's under new management. Uh, if you remember this name, Timmy Chang, head coach at Hawaii now. Uh, but we'll see how long it takes for that. Both teams, Vandy's three uh, wins on the season. Uh, I believe Hawaii's three and a half. I like the under in that game. I know tough betting unders uh, when you haven't seen the team play. I just think it's an absolute slugfest of terrible offenses. Um, so under 56. And then I have a multi-sport bet. Touched on this a little earlier. I loved Ohio on the season total. I watched San Diego. I watched Toledo go to San Diego State last year and lose um, a terrible game that Toledo should have easily won. Too many turnovers. I think Curtis Rourke is a better quarterback. They win plus 120 outright, and then also I have them parlayed Ohio plus 120 with Victor Hovland top five uh, at the Tour Championship. That pays out plus 250, and those are my two week zero bets. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've kind of sold me on Ohio. You know, talking about them uh, during this podcast. Um, my official bet for week zero. Is Notre Dame minus 21? If you're going to play it, lay it. Um, Notre nice. Dame is a uh, contender, as we have both agreed upon uh, during our discussions. And, you know, they're playing a Navy team where you would think, you know, I know the Navy coach is out and he was there for a very long time. So they got a brand new head coach in this game. Um, last year when Northwestern played Nebraska in Ireland, yeah. it was a crazy high scoring game. <laughs> yep. Little did we know that both of those teams absolutely sucked. <laughs> Um, if I remember correctly, oh, they did. Yeah, the, uh, it was wacky. Well, what I remember is that the uh, like the power or like the the uh, the cashier systems went out in the stadium, so yeah. they were just handing out free beer at the game, which is nuts. <laughs> I don't think we're going to see that this time around. But uh, if you're going to play it, lay it. Notre Dame minus twenty one, minus twenty and a half. I know it's a big number, but I do believe the sharps are on Notre Dame, yeah. so I'm comfortable laying the points and taking ND, a team that, you know, we could see possibly competing for a college football playoff spot against a Navy team where you would think that they have been preparing their asses off (laughs) for this rushing attack that they're going to bring. I mean, what else are you going to do? Listen, if you can stop Navy one out of two tries, basically let's say they get zero yards on first and 10 and then they get four on, you know, second and 10, if you can get into enough of those situations, third and fives, third and six, third and sevens, I have a hard time believing that Navy is going to be able to continue to convert those third downs and keep those drives alive. Now, the only way that no- that Notre Dame, in my opinion, doesn't cover this number is if Navy is able to yeah. like just kind of gash them on the ground and consistently get seven, eight, nine yards of carry. Then we're in trouble. But I think Notre Dame will be prepared and ready to go. So that's the official bet that I have for Week Zero. And then in terms of a lean, uh, I do have a lean in the San Diego State-Ohio game. Um, my lean is the under, 49 points. Brought up a lot of good points about Ohio, their offense in particular. San Diego State is kind of like the early 2000s Bears in a lot of ways, where they... <laughs> play defensive games they force turnovers they have good special teams their offenses are atrocious um everything that i've heard ohio is going to be take going to be playing a step up in class against the san diego state defense as opposed to the defenses that they regularly see in the mac conference so 49 not an egregiously low number 
I would wean the under in that game. Yeah, I agree. Uh, San Diego State is atrocious. Uh, they lost a lot of their defense, and uh, their offense is horrific. They're bottom 25 last year in points scored, and their defense was the only thing that uh, basically held them along, and they lost a lot of that. So, uh, not to mention Brady Hoax, um, mediocre asses there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I like that under as well. I could see Ohio, or Ohio winning uh, somewhere around, I don't know, 27 to 34, uh, and then San Diego State having uh, 10 tops. Yeah, I think during our discussion, you, you have pushed me. To, to bat Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or plus money, plus 120. Right, and plus two and a half on, on the spread as well. No, it's shot down. It was plus four earlier this week. Right. It's already down to two and a half. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I think everyone uh, is basically chasing that Ohio. Also, uh, where you won't get this take anywhere else, how does Notre Dame not cover the spread in Ireland? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that's that's some of the brilliant takes that you'll get. How do they not cover the spread in Ireland? Yeah, as Drake would say, God's plan. Smart <laughs> <laughs> man. So I don't, I don't see how Notre Dame doesn't cover the spread there. Uh, so Mayer is on Notre Dame for week zero bets. Mayer is on Notre Dame minus twenty and Ohio San Diego State under forty nine. I am on Ohio money line, uh, Vandy Hawaii under fifty six, and then Ohio uh, money line plus Victor Hovland top five. At plus 250. Mayor, this has been a hell of a ride. Yeah. First time. For sure, man. Uh, For everyone listening, uh, we will be back again uh, for week one of the official start of college football uh, season. We'll do our best to get something out uh, actually by Thursday, uh, maybe Wednesday night. Um, Those are, uh, but thanks everyone for tagging along for our first trip down uh, Podcast Road, and we look forward to uh, delivering a lot more throughout the season. All right. Peace.